0: Hello and welcome to Easy Operations, episode sixteen. Today I'm joined by my date. <laughs>
1: <laughs> bro date.
0: My bro date. My bro date because there's only two of us here. Uh, Mondo's unavailable. Uh, James, how are you? Doing good, man. <laughs> well, we went to Homecoming, uh, which we'll talk about later. Spider-Man Homecoming. So uh, it's it's been a good uh, it's been a good time. So. Uh, look, this is some, uh, housekeeping that we wanted to put up front here is, uh, our feedback request. We want to make the show better. If you don't like the order of certain things, if you don't like certain segments, maybe you're not into wrestling. I don't know. Um, we, we'd appreciate some feedback and, uh, we usually mention this at the end of the podcast, but now we're going to just mention it up front. See if anyone, uh, wants to send us a little note on what they like, what they don't like about the show.
1: Yes, please. So,
0: Honest feedback. Okay, so you could send that to easyoperationsqa@gmail.com. at gmail.com. That's operationsqa at gmail.com. So let us know what you think of the show, or if you have any questions, you want us to answer any questions or cover a certain topic or even see a certain movie, uh, we'll, we'll check it out. First up, we're going to start with uh, WWE Great Balls of Fire. This was a Raw exclusive pay-per-view that happened over the weekend. And James, I was digging this thing, and and I was very down. Obviously, the name is, let's all say that it's really dumb, and I just think Vince McMahon was listening to that song one day. and was like, damn it, we need to name a pay-per-view. This is fun. This is funny. (laughs) Uh, But
1: I really enjoyed the event. What did you think? What are your overall impressions about it? It actually has some decent wrestling involved, but I didn't like how a lot of the matches ended. We'll get into that in a little bit.
0: Okay, well, I mean, we can get right into it. For me, uh, some of the highlights of it was uh, I liked the Iron Man tag team match with the Hardy Boys. I agree. I think that was actually the match of the night to me. Yeah. Uh, I I didn't like it that they were kind of coming from behind there. with, uh, And they... You know, I was very confused on the final pin. Maybe I was distracted, but I didn't see the tag made. And... My friend and I were watching. We were completely like, what happened? This is weird. Um, but no one else seemed to point that out. So I might chalk that up too. And you tell me if I'm wrong, but maybe I wasn't paying attention to it. Maybe I was checking Twitter.
1: I believe the refing in general in that match seemed a little off. I felt like a lot of the three counts in there were maybe not meant to be three counts because uh, it looked like the people getting pinned were actually kicking out, but they still counted at a three. I don't know if that was just the makeup calls they were doing. Um, but other than that, you know the the match itself was fantastic, in my opinion. Yeah,
0: it was a good match. Um, you know they it is just this slow drip to getting these guys to be the broken hearties, and I even on Raw the following day, I I thought it would lead to it when two people came out and beat them up, um, but I I don't know what they're doing. Why they it seems it so like they're
1: long. getting there because they're like really really throwing it out there yeah they're they're slowly transitioning into their broken universe characters and i think from what i the rumor has it is that they've gotten the legal rights back to them i wouldn't be surprised if they pop up as these characters soon enough yeah um one that i didn't like and
0: i thought the crowd was completely dead and asleep for it and they went to go get popcorn or what have you was the miz versus dean ambrose this is a tired um rivalry i myself i'm not a fan of dean ambrose uh, I like The Miz. I would want him to go on to more relevant, more meaningful matches here. Uh, so this was a real snooze fest for me.
1: I've, I agree. Just a generic match, a raw quality match, I would say. <laughs> yeah. I do appreciate the Miztourage and their look. And and they didn't have the Taraj
0: interrupt the match. It was the wife again, Maurice. So what? it's like a what, missed opportunity there. I agree. Okay. Uh, I really liked the Roman Reigns versus Braun Strowman match. Um, you know, of course, the the thing about what bothers a lot of people about WWE is they never let uh Roman Reigns look weak ever. So he lost this match and almost in a comical fashion, in which he basically dove into the damn ambulance and got locked in it like a like one of those bulls that misses the the towel that you have for them. <laughs> uh, but he has to have his comeuppance, and despite him. Losing the match fair and square, he has to have his comeuppance in which he basically attempts a murder on Braun Strowman by backing up the ambulance because they he eventually popped out of the ambulance and locks up Strowman into the ambulance. And uh, that being said, I'm, I'm making fun of it, but I liked it. It felt like watching, you know, late 90s, early 2000s uh, wrestling when they would go into the parking lot and have these vehicles exploding and things like that. So I like that aspect of it. Um so it, it was a nice, intense match.
1: The only thing I had a criticism on is that they kind of lingered on that final uh, murder attempt way too long. <laughs> it, it even went to the point where it totally overshadowed an ongoing match between Heath Slater. I couldn't tell if they, if they called that match to fill in some of the time because it was awkward, the pieces that they were trying to set up.
0: And yeah, and it, yeah, and it was weird
1: because they, even, they didn't even show half that match and then they just announced the winner while it was showing uh, <laughs> the ambulance or whoever trying to save uh, Braun Strowman there. Yeah. That was weird as heck. I think they were trying to fill time because uh, generally the main event with Brock Lesnar is generally aren't a long match. Overall, the match itself was fun. These guys, I guess they're going to feud for a long time and I guess this is a little bit way to progress their character. It would make more sense if they made Roman Reigns heel um, as in a bad guy, but from the following Monday Night Raw, it doesn't seem like they're really going that way still. Right. Certainly his
0: behavior indicates that he's a, a bad guy, but they just refuse to turn him that way. And so he's just kind of stuck in this weird position. Um, and then the next match was just the main event between uh, Brock Lesnar, Samoa Joe. I liked it, but it was really short. I could have sworn it was seven, eight minutes at best.
1: That seems to be the average for Brock Lesnar matches, if, yeah, if but that. I thought,
0: I thought the 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 factor that had been holding those matches back beforehand was Goldberg, and he was sort of a little bit too old to be wrestling and just could have short bursts of energy. And I thought that with uh, Samoa Joey, they did have a chance to tell a longer story. And perhaps uh, it was a little bit of both of the prior match taking so long with all the ambulance shenanigans, but... Uh I I want to see more of this. So it was it was good, but it just I'd like to see more.
1: Yeah. I liked how they booked Samoa Joe to be very strong right up front. And it was actually almost surprised that I was like, "Oh, they're going to give him the win" cuz it almost seemed like a Goldberg style beatdown initially. Yeah. Uh but they did have Brock come back from it. And it felt a little anticlimactic like he just came back and won rather than going back and forth. Uh and then I guess lastly, the
0: Sasha Banks versus Alexa Bliss, this seemed like they kind of held back a bit and obviously it's going to be to be continued because she basically uh she
1: she got a count out right yeah 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 right it was uh, another anti-climactic match yeah, yet I know. again i know they've been uh, relying on this too much and it's kind of funny they kind of did the same gimmick that Alexa Bliss did on smackdown with the whole broken arm thing
0: yeah and even the uh, commentators were acting like it was sort of the first time that that had happened as well um, I had
1: forgotten it did, so it kind of caught me off guard.
0: <laughs> well,
1: um, overall, solid, solid pay per view. Yeah, yeah. Very anticlimactic. Good wrestling, anticlimactic finishes.
0: Yes. Okay, well, let's get into our movie talk. Um, you got a chance to see Baby Driver. I know Mondo and I talked about it last week. What did you think? I saw it with you, by the
1: way. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> we saw Baby Driver together. If oh. I, I had to. <laughs>
0: I oh been that long already. I just uh, didn't get been a been chance to talk about it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I personally thought this was a good movie not a great movie it's gotten a lot of hype leading up to it because it's an Edgar Wright movie which I'm a huge fan and also it's Rotten Tomatoes score of like 99% that's a little crazy I honestly thought it was uh, okay I would honestly think I honestly think it's the worst of the Edgar Wright movies Worst not being a bad movie just uh, com- compared to Child of the Dead Hot Fuzz world Dan and Scott Pilgrim, I would prefer much over this. My main gripe with it is specifically uh the main two heroes the male and the female. They have a relatively quick and convenient romance that seems unrealistic and kind of yep. you, kind of you took me out that of as the well. yeah you know, I, I agree with you guys on that one kind of took me out of the movie, but the overall cast was great i I like the villains I like Kevin Spacey and the editing music soundtrack was great but Overall, I would give like an 8. Yeah, I think perhaps the the high scores are just kind of
0: everyone being impressed by how stylish the movie is. It certainly has this kind of personality to it, and it it carries it a little bit past its flaws, I would say. All right, well, I do remember that you and I saw Spider-Man Homecoming. (laughs) That was this past weekend, and uh, this is the newest Spider-Man movie. This was a big deal because uh, Sony finally let Marvel use the rights to spider-man and they kind of co-developed this movie and even sony wants to remind you right up front that they uh this is their movie so to speak because there is the first logo you see uh but i love this movie um you know maybe i don't have a good memory for the prior spider-man movies but to me this is the best spider-man movie i've ever seen certainly the most fun what did you think
1: I personally love the movie too, but maybe not as grand as you do. I think this is the best Peter Parker representation of Spider-Man and Peter Parker uh, ever on film. But I honestly don't think it's the best Spider-Man film. It's close, very close. It's up there in upper tier, but I still put Spider-Man 2... Uh, in the elite tier, Uh, not necessarily because it was represented differently or better. I just think as an overall movie and a lot of aspects of that that I preferred over this one. But this this one, you know, same situation where there's a lot of aspects in this one that I liked and refreshing take compared to the Spider-Man 2, but just as an overarching uh, movie, you know, we'll get into that in a little bit.
0: Yeah, so we do want to point out that there's a lot of aspects of this movie that we want to talk about, so we're going to spoil this movie uh so if you do not want to listen to key plot details from spider-man homecoming please tune out now and please check the show notes we're going to note the time in which we start talking about spoilers and ends and then you can carry on with the rest of the show so again last warning we're going to talk about spider-man homecoming spoilers all right so james what what did you want (laughs) to spoil i'll
1: tell you what i liked about the movie i'll start with that um, maybe you can uh, jump in and see if you agree with me or disagree with me. Tom Holland as Spider-Man was great. He's perfect casting. He portrays the character as a high school student. It looks like a high school student, you know, for once rather than these 28, 30 year olds playing the character. And he brought the acting game into it, too. He He impressed me quite a lot. Uh, what did you think about this uh, this actor specifically?
0: Uh, I loved it. He was great. He's actually 21 years old because I went to go look it up afterwards. Okay. Uh, but he's playing a 15-year-old character, and I didn't know this going in, and I was completely buying it. I go, this this little kid can act, but he's, he's an adult. But he certainly looks the part, and uh, I was believing that he was in high school, and he did great. He has a great sense of humor. The supporting cast is great. And... Uh, I was a big fan of the Vulture, which is uh, played by uh, Michael, Michael Keaton. Keaton. Yeah, he was great, and he was great. And for the first time, you have a very relatable and like real world villain. Like you can completely understand why he would become a
1: villain. Right. You that's know? another. That's where I kind of have a flaw with this movie um, okay. or gripe. Right. Even though I'm criticizing it a lot, it, I still love this movie. I just believe this is a deeply flawed movie. Michael Keaton, while great, great villain, I like his motivation, but his transition into it was a little quick. It was actually not even shown. Uh, you know, I guess now that you
0: pointed out, but in the moment, I was like, yeah, I guess, you know, he had to turn to these alternate methods to make money. And, and over the course of eight years, you're going to be dealing with a lot of characters or you're essentially selling weapons on the black market. Um, you know, it, I don't
1: know. I It, it wasn't too outrageous for me but i understand yeah and another thing it kind of went alongside with his his crew as well because since they're they're there but they're, they don't get much backstory or subplot they just join along with him and um i guess there's that one character It didn't throw me out of the movie but it was just a little odd that he knew how to you know work with this alien objects and build stuff With it, it was a little convenient for me. But, you know, my mind, that's not a big deal. It's not a, it's not a, none of these things I'm mentioning are. um, He's supposed to
0: be the tinkerer, apparently.
1: I guess, but they don't even like get, show where he got his, you know, where he got his little skill from. Yeah, so all these characters, they're kind of like, just there, like, they're less developed as they could be, in my opinion. Um, So that's just one nitpick. I love the suits of Spider-Man. But I think it's kind of weird that um, it's almost like an Iron Man movie all of a sudden. Like he, he's talking, to, he has a suit, he has his powers. It was kind of hard for me to figure out which powers of his, are of his own or the suit. Like they never really show too much of him using his power outside the suit. Maybe you can elaborate that elaborate that for me.
0: Yeah, well, let's let's get into what we did like. And I actually did like the suit. This we have to come to accept that in this universe, this is a suit that was created by Iron Man, right? And so it's going to have the latest technology and all these things. And um, but he is shown as developing his own web shooters, which I like. As I like that too. To, you know, the original movies with it was organic web fluid came out of him. Um, but the suit is made by Iron Man, and for the most part, his powers are super strength and just the ability to stick to walls. Everything
1: else is made by the suit. I guess so. There's and, and give me uh, maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong. Is there no spider sense in this movie? Because I don't feel I don't feel like this version of yeah, has I, spider it, sense. It has not
0: covered it once. If I cannot think of any incident um, in which they really make a point to like show, like maybe slow down the camera or do any kind of special effect. So obviously he does have it in the comic books, but it's just not referenced here. And perhaps that's something for next movie. Uh Um, But what I liked is he has all these gadgets up front, and then he realizes that he doesn't need to rely on them. And and he has to kind of learn that the hard way. And and, uh, one cool scene that happens is when the explosion kind of falls all over him and he doesn't have access to any of his equipment anymore and he it's a a kind of a reference to that old comic book where he was under the rubble um, for most of the issue and uh and then he kind of has to find the power within himself so i like that journey where it's like like, you don't need the suit to do that and i you know you mentioned if you feel like it's an iron man movie i was actually surprised that iron man didn't come out that much and only
1: in short spurts. Well, I, I didn't, uh, you know, uh, correlate it to being an Iron Man movie. I was just saying the suit. It's pretty much like a Tony Stark 2.0, pretty much. Kind of like the first Iron Man movie where he's getting this this suit and he's just learning how to use it. And he's like fumbling around with it. You know, that wasn't... Uh, I didn't have an issue with that. I just but he's had fumbling with... around even more. And that's right. what I like is that he's learning how to use all... This, and he's
0: making a lot of mistakes. And you don't usually get that. Like, I, I think in none of the other Spider-Man movies, you
1: really had him like messing up like this. Right. <laughs> That it wasn't very detailed of what was his suit, what was him, and what was the suit. It was a little bit vague there. Um, They went a little quick with it. It maybe just over, it went past over me. And um, the only flaw I I have with the movie as well, um, and then we can get all to the stuff we love, uh, is that I didn't find any of the action scenes too memorable. To be honest, like they, they were there, but they, they weren't. I don't know, not as exciting, I guess, as it could have been. Um, do you not? Do you agree? Because like, one is the okay. There's the, there's three major action pieces uh, come off the mind. the um, Washington Memorial, which is cool. I mean, the only but the technically you can excise that action scene and it wouldn't change anything in the movie at all. Um, the boat, which everyone sees in the trailer, which was pretty cool, but then it was kind of done before on Spider Man Two with the train. Yeah. And then the last one, which was on the plane, which was, okay, um, you know, see, you know, that that's where I think maybe it didn't propel the movie to another level to me compared to uh, uh, maybe the original ones. It, it was a little bit more visceral in the action of the originals, a little bit more memorable to me. But beyond that, it was fine. And I, the movie itself, that the action part wasn't the most important part of the action movie. And I enjoyed everything else that came prior to that um you know the whole high school aspect it felt kind of like a high school teen movie like those old ferris bueller they even referenced Fer- ferris bueller directly um yeah. on that running shot i enjoyed that quite a lot i like the diverse cast um uh, i like that you know they kind of update things you know kind of have they have flash thompson he instead of being kind of like a jock bully he's kind of a, a smart nerdy bully i like that aspect um, yeah. I like his friend. His friend's pretty funny too. It, it seems like it's weird though because they use I, I, this movie is very much Ultimate Spider-Man, and he has a friend exactly like that in, in Ultimate Spider-Man. Same race, same you know weight, uh, nerdiness, love for Star Wars. Uh, but his name was Danky or Genki, something like that on the comics. But in this one, they gave him Ned, which is a, a, I believe a villain, like one of the one of his rogues down the line. So it's interesting. I wonder what they're doing with the characters. But they seem to be doing a lot of name changing. In this universe anyways, as you can tell with uh, the Michelle character. Well, let me just touch on what you
0: said about the action stuff. I did hear another podcast where they did make that same complaint. And in the moment, I didn't feel like nah, these action scenes are terrible. Uh, I just they think weren't ultim- terrible. They're just fine. Well, okay, well, not as exciting. But I guess, ultimately, this is a movie about him just learning the ropes of things. So you really can't have this ultimate action sequence and have him on full display of his powers because he doesn't know that yet you have to sort of have room for improvement but that's where i see that's where i
1: feel i agree with you and that's where the movie kind of uh put the standard so high with that washington monument scene that the plain thing i think even that's too big of a an action scene for his Role in the in this universe at this moment, like his level of experience as the character, with this whole like you know on the plane and going out of atmosphere, uh, blowing up on Coney Island, things like that. That's a little, you know, they're trying to go for the whole epic thing, and I think you know, kind of like what you mentioned, that's a little bit too much for his skill level at this time. Yeah,
0: I mean, I did get nerdy, and I was like, how how is he breathing up in the upper atmosphere? Right, he doesn't no. have the suit, you know. <laughs> he <And> then, uh,
1: <laughs> yeah, did you? uh... uh you know, while I didn't mind the name change of um, Michelle to being MJ. Yeah. it Her character and just that, you know, casual throwing it out in the wind that, oh, my name is MJ. She kind of felt like, like, not important to the story outside of just saying that line at the end. What do you think?
0: Right. And I think because there's going to be more to her. um, I guess. So that's a teaser. So, that, you know, you got to set something up for the next one. Um, but I did like the, the love interest in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the reveal was just like, I had my mouth open. I was like, Yeah, that oh, was a great God. twist. Yeah, it was a great <laughs> twist. And the conversation in the car when they were going to homecoming. That was the best scene. It was one of the best scenes. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> just, you know, this is really about Spider Man or Peter Parker, I should say, learning to be Spider-Man and, and balance the, the things that happen in his life and that he can't have everything. So, you know, that's, that's I think, we should take home or take away with. And, Definitely. And, that was and the best just, part of the
1: movie is just, like, because yeah. we don't see this in anything else, his whole high school uh, balance, his life to superhero balance, you know, just the whole even part just where he needs something to do and he wants to go out and just help out people. He's actually putting the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man part of his character um, represented well in the movie, which you don't see much in the other ones, which is uh, which was great. Yeah. So, you know, it's just,
0: the more movies take the time to have little moments when they help people and when they care about other people, the more you really do feel like they're heroes. Like, this is another movie when he was helping people out. We talked about that in Wonder Woman. And so... And he's know, excited th- to help. I like, yeah. <laughs> I like some characters. I like, I like Superman. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Our boy, Superman. All right, so... <laughs> You know, basically we love this movie, highly recommend it. James,
1: I think you're a little bit harsh on the nitpicks there, but uh <laughs> <laughs> Not har just just pointing out the flaws, man. That's all I still love the movie. Just those are the little things that uh that uh that I found that dropped it down a little bit. Did you guys did you like all the little Easter eggs with like Miles and Morales and um uh Scorpion and all them?
0: Um, I didn't get the Miles Morales reference. Um but I did get the Scorpion reference. Okay,
1: so at least at least they're, they're, these characters are in the MCU universe and potential uh, Sinister Six or something down the line since they're all in prison now. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah,
0: maybe. All right. So that's going to do it for the Spider-Man spoilers. And uh, let's get into TV shows or, or internet TV shows more specifically. Um, and... We mentioned that the Castlevania show was coming out and uh, they just popped it up on Netflix and in a really weird setup for the season, uh, four episodes, each one is about 23 minutes each. It really feels like they just cut this movie into four episodes. I, like think that's was what one movie. Yeah. I think that
1: was uh, confirmed that okay. it was literally just one full-length movie length movie that they just cut in four pieces and released it as a Netflix series. But yeah. the second season, they're going to do a traditional episodic nature from what I Yeah, hear.
0: and um, I didn't have high expectations for this, and I, I, but I was really impressed by it, and I like it. I think the voice acting is really good quality. Uh, I would describe the art style as sort of uh, Western anime-looking. Um, it's not quite full anime um and I like the voice acting, and particularly the last episode was when it really felt like it was Castlevania oh yeah you know Whatever. and uh, if you're familiar with the storyline of Castlevania Three, it draws a lot of characters from that, so um, I like the show a lot. it's not a, a high um what's the word in terms of investment to to watch this show, and right. if you Four have episodes. any yeah. And if you have any kind of uh, nostalgia and you you don't mind the animated style, I recommend it. What do you think?
1: I agree. It's a, It was a fun watch. Very dark. Uh, definitely don't bring your kids into watching this. Oh, yeah. It's very violent. Um, so does this mean that you are officially an anime fan now, Ron? You can watch movies with, Ron, uh, with uh, Mondo.
0: I'm a Western anime fan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, if you made it through this, you have the capability to watch regular anime now. Uh, the only thing I would want more of is uh, the character of uh, Dracula. He was only in the first episode and then never again, essentially. Uh, I hope he comes back for the second season. Yeah, he had some great lines. um, So you're right. I would like to see more of him. Yeah, but definitely check it out if you're into animation, dark storylines. And uh, if you're the fan of the game, I don't think you need to be a fan of the game because I didn't know the story other than, you know, it's always Dracula and always at Belmont. Um, and I'm not sure if this is covering that game or is it the same story? It, it's what just it- using characters.
0: That's all. Okay, it's going to okay. tell its own story, but it's just using characters. Yeah. So.
1: Then that means anyone can just jump into it. You just got to get over yeah. it, that it's an animated show that looks right. like anime, but it's uh, mature content.
0: All right. Well, on to TV movie news. Uh, the Tick full series is going to be on Amazon on August 25th. James, didn't they try this already? And I even was trekking my memory and I looked it up and uh yeah, with that guy that was on Seinfeld that he played Elaine's boyfriend.
1: <laughs> well, I never watched Seinfeld, so I'm not sure. Oh, is it okay.
0: the main guy that plays him? That's uh he was in Seinfeld? Yeah, the main guy that played the original live action tick. Uh he played this really deadpan character on uh on Seinfeld. He was Elaine's boyfriend. But uh anyway, this is a new storyline uh i'm not really into this i like the cartoon of the tick when it came out in the what late 90s
1: yeah i remember um, that too
0: but uh i just don't think this translates well to live action i think it's really dumb looking and uh it's just it's not for me i'm gonna i'm gonna take a hard pass on this
1: i'll give it a, another shot uh the reason why there's a full series is apparently maybe that's where you're remembering it is that it was one of those amazon uh beta test like pilots that they release and then if enough people watch it or like it or vote on it they create a full season on it that's how amazon does their series uh majority of the time so i guess people like it enough where there's a full series um i'll give it a shot i did like the original cartoon and uh, do you remember they did a a live action one prior to this one that's the one one i'm telling you about but that's the uh, one that was with elaine's boyfriend so wait, is that Elaine's boyfriend not in this one? No, it's a new character, some new people. I see, okay. So you didn't like that one either. Is that what you're saying? I never watched it. Okay, I see. Well, <laughs> I'll, give it a, I'll give it a one episode shot and if it hooks me, I'll let you know how it goes. Okay, sounds
0: good. Um, next up is a Netflix movie called Ozark. This is coming out pretty soon on July 21st. And this is a movie starring Jason Bateman. And basically he is... Uh, Some type of accountant or something that he... Laundry monies? Money launders for uh, the Mexican uh, cartel. And trouble happens. Um, What did you think?
1: That's enough of a premise
0: for me. I'm in. Um, I saw the trailer. It wasn't really grabbing me. I will wait for the reviews on this one. Um, It just... I don't know. maybe, Maybe I don't... I'm not used to him in a serious role. And that's I usually, true. He's usually you know, a comedic. <laughs> right. So I was like, okay, is this supposed to be a comedy or when's it going
1: to get funny? So, you know, from I'm... A, from what I get at it, it's supposed to be, you know, kind of like a Breaking Bad slash Fargo slash Narcos <laughs> type show, or it's kind of a combination of all that. But it, it, that's where I'm seeing the influences at. But who knows how the outcome is going to be. Is it a show or a movie? It's a show. Oh okay I'm sorry I thought this was a movie mm-hmm. all right
0: well let's uh we'll wait for the reviews on this one and see how it goes and that's July 21st All right let's get into our game coverage James what have you been
1: playing Let's start with a small game first I think you would enjoy this one I got on the sale called Enter the Gungeon It's pretty much think of it like a smash TV game uh, but a little bit with a little bit more depth so basically you go in it's a top down shooter like Robotron um, twin stick But you kind of play it like a a traditional shooter where you'll get weapons, but you have to reload uh, and you have to dodge. So kind of like in those old Smash TV, there's um, items that you pick up that kind of help you avoid the bullet hell that goes on in the screen. Um, But what makes this a little interesting is that you go through dungeons of it. So there's puzzles involved and then... um, I don't know. It's very arcadey, kind of high y type of game too. So I think you enjoy it. We should play co-op uh, together when we go to Las Vegas, and maybe you'll you can see how, how it is for yourself. Especially um, if you like the Smash TV style game. Yeah, I'll give it a, a shot. I'm looking at photos of it. It it has that sort of sixteen bit,
0: uh, independent game style that I'm not a hundred percent on myself. But hey, Smash TV was a uh, eight bit. Yeah, Enjoy but it. that that was the limitations of the hardware back then, and that was state-of-the-art <laughs> <Right>. back then.
1: <laughs> but uh, I, I don't know. I think the gameplay is what you'll that'll get you. You know, kind of like you, you you like Geometry Wars, and uh, they give it that just with that 2D art style and a little bit more of a shooter uh, beat mechanic to it. Okay,
0: and what system is that available
1: on? It uh, looks like on everything. Okay. So PS4, Xbox One,
0: and a PC. Yeah. And... Um... As for me, I mentioned that I bought this on the sale, and I only play for a couple of hours, and I was streaming a little bit. Uh, this is Ori in the Blind Forest. I put, I did put this on easy, and uh, I'm enjoying it. It's a beautiful game. I love the soundtrack. Um, it is that type of exploration where you need to progress with certain skills, like a Metroid game, right? Yeah. Now, but one thing that I will point out is that despite me having it on easy mode, it still requires a little bit of skill in the platforming.
1: Right. That, that you know, you can't change because it's based on the level design rather than, you know, enemy hits or uh, progression. So you still need to have a little bit of dexterity.
0: Well, but there are enemy hits because, like, for example, there's this one section that I had to navigate around some, like, spikes and, and go down this little dark uh, area. And I just kept falling down and hitting the spikes. And so, uh, or some of them where you had to, like, time your wall jumps and... And this and that. So um, it, I, I do feel like it's going to get a little tough from that perspective, but I'm going to stick with this game. I haven't played it since I uh, fired it up initially, but I like it. And, uh, you know, if you picked it up during that sale, it's something to consider. But even at full price or 20 bucks, it's it's
1: not too bad. And I think I you've, think it's you, one you've I, passed I, this, right? Right. I thought it was actually one of the best games of uh, the time of its release. What was it, 2015? Something like that. Yeah. But uh, very beautiful I love, you know, if you like Metroidvania games, you know, definitely check it out. Okay.
0: Well, what else have you been playing?
1: Uh, I started up Mass Effect Andromeda. And okay, I... What made you get this? Because, James, all the reviews are telling us
0: that it's terrible, all the podcasts. What made you turn around on this?
1: I, I, you know what? I never actually heard anyone say that it was terrible. I just thought... They just said it was a little buggy and the story wasn't as good as, uh, let's say, the original trilogy. Um, which I can partially agree on with the portion that I'm at but I'm fully actually invested in this game really um, I actually like it quite a lot and I think maybe because it's post patched or whatever you know outside of the the human faces uh which look you know they look like traditional mass effect not very good faces but everyone else and actually the graphics of the game actually one of the best in my opinion um, you go to a lot of worlds and you see a lot of cool stuff like i would say even cooler stuff than horizon zero dawn uh in my opinion it's just i'm more into the sci-fi aspect of things i think you would dig it too and you know what i don't see where a lot of people hate on this i like the story too it's pretty much kind of like star trek voyager where it's about a group that is uh going around the galaxy to find a new home for um, you know, their people, uh, the people that live on the Ark, or as they call it, and then you just run into uh, things, and then it develops into um, where there's villains and things of that nature, and I, I like it a lot. It's it's very Mass Effect. If you like Mass Effect, you'll enjoy this, and I think you'll really like this too, Ron. I think this, was, this will probably, you know, you, I know that you heard a lot of bad things on the podcast, but I think if you played it on your own and just uh, put yourself in, like, or because you know you you're making all the choices all the decisions you know the voice tracks I think you would highly dig it I honestly think this is surpri- like surprising to a point where I really like this game where when I come home I want to I'd rather play this game than Horizon Zero Dawn oh, get out of here dude <laughs> <laughs> you, you know Horizon Zero Dawn's cool like you know I don't think I don't know, the story isn't capturing with me as much as in that, That ga- the, what makes that game is the gameplay, sort of like similar vein of uh, Zelda, where um, the story, you know, is whatever, but the gameplay is what gets me onto that, and with uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, the story is whatever, I liked some of the characters that were in the beginning, but then they went away and then I don't see them ever again, and I don't feel like I want, you know, there's no one that I care about anymore other than the main character, and in the gameplay, there's a lot of semi-stealth in that, that i'm not too big fan of um and this in this andromeda uh, it's just basic you know kind of like uh, mass effect the original ones you just shoot them or you're you're biotic where you use uh powers and skills but i'm more invested in this storyline because i'm making more of the choices and i actually like the sci-fi story more than i guess the you know horizon zero dawn which is which is also sci-fi but it's more like post-apocalyptic uh recovering civilization this one is a civilization that's already in the future and i like seeing this shit so i don't know i could say give it a shot you would in i think you will like it a lot
0: uh okay well you do have me curious on this this sounds like kind of what i did for um What was that game that nobody liked? uh, That it was Destiny? uh, No, no, no. Oh, Alpha Protocol. Oh yeah. This was this was an RPG that nobody liked, and I rented this. I set it on easy, and I had a blast with it. And so I can picture myself picking this up on the cheap. I don't know what you paid for it. What'd you pay?
1: It was on sale uh, on this thing
0: for thirty bucks. Thirty bucks. My magic number would be like twenty and below, and then set it on easy and just blow through it and I think I would have a blast with it. I think you have uh, I'm curious
1: about that. There's a mode on there just called narrative where like every enemy is easy to kill. You don't need to put much effort. You can even make it where it auto levels where you don't have to do the stat tracking stuff. But I mean that kind of takes away the fun because you want to build your guy to how you want but if you don't want to even do that they offer you the option uh, to do so. So it'll pick the skills for you and all that stuff. I I wouldn't suggest that Uh, maybe because I you know are you like more of the shooter guy or the biotic guy uh or the or the sentinel you know how they have the different classes with the different um, skill levels yeah, if you, I
0: liked, if you I like the, the equivalent of like force powers and stuff
1: right so if you put it to auto level it's just going to put directly mainline whatever skills that's going to be so you don't have much of a choice but you can always turn it off and on i think you can just put in that narrative mode focus just on the main plot and loyalty missions and i think you would enjoy it because that's what i'm kind of doing right now as well and i and i really really like this game
0: well, look, uh, you touched on Horizon Zero Dawn briefly, and I just want to comment on that. Have you gotten to the part of the story where you find out why it's called Horizon Zero Dawn? Uh, wasn't that a little early on? No, it's it's pretty into the story missions. Like,
1: okay, no. Not, not, not where the name is, but why um, the world, the way it is, it was revealed yeah, pretty early. Yeah, there's more to it, actually.
0: And yeah. I found that to be so interesting and a great you know, uh, part of the storyline. And uh, it made it even more interesting to me. And I just got to that point. I am taking my sweet time with this game. I've done, like, a lot of the side quests. I'm vastly over leveled for the main storyline. Like, I think one of them was, like, you come in here at level 21 and I'm, like, level 40 already. I've, uh, I don't know if you got to this place where you have to do, like, uh, trials and you can get, like, little rewards...
1: Is it a side mission? I don't yes, think I... it is a side mission. Uh, probably
0: not. I'm trying to mainline that game. Okay,
1: so there's like five
0: little areas where you go through trials and you have to kill the enemies in unique ways using a certain set of limitations. And I went through and did all of them. I did have to look up a lot of them on YouTube, but I did it and I have now have access to very powerful weapons. Mm. Um, I, I'm now close to getting the ultimate armor. So, like, I'm really just maximizing my time on it, but... Uh, Looking at the main uh, story missions, I'm probably about maybe two, three missions at most away from the end of the game. So I'm going to be wrapping this up pretty soon. Nice. Um, But I I really enjoy my time with it. And, and you know, while I don't have such an agency on my decisions, I do think the world is very interesting, especially when you find out the storyline. But if you're just chugging around the world and just leveling stuff up. I could see how it could get a little boring. I do. One of my early criticisms was that I don't feel like the progression of your gear was as exciting. I will say that in a high level gear, there's not that much to it. So it's a little limited on that. It really is more relying on the perks that you put into them and, uh, and the decisions you make and and which ones you choose. But
1: I think that's uh, my thing though. Like, uh, why? Maybe I'm criticizing—not criticizing, but I'm just comparing to Zero, uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, uh, compared to Mass Effect. I know it's unfair because the story is totally different, but I like that in the discovery aspect of Mass Effect, you can go to like totally different worlds that look totally different from anything else, and you can explore it and do see cool things, do side missions to it if you choose to. But um, I tell you this: if you love the Mako, there's something like that that returns. Um, and the gra- man, the graphics are so good. They're so. It's so. I think it's one of the best in this generation alongside with Horizon. Just the faces is what kills it, I think, for humans. I think you should definitely give it a shot sometime down the line, especially if you beat the other ones. Might as well get this over with, because there may not be another Mass Effect again uh, due to how this <laughs> Good one point. You're right, so, you're right. They put this and, uh, on the
0: shelf, basically, after this game.
1: Right, I think because they, they you know finally admitted that they put all their A-team on Anthem, um, while, I guess, a portion of that team was working on this. So... Uh, I, I can it still ended up being a quality product, and that's why it was surprising because even though it's not as good so far story wise as the other Mass Effects, it's still better than 80% of the games out there. Okay, that's wow,
0: bold okay. statement. Okay, I
1: will put that <laughs> as a hot take, and I'm sticking with it.
0: <laughs> All right, well, you got me curious about that. Uh, last up here, uh, Marvel Heroes Omega. We got a chance to kind of play beyond the paywall. I ended up um, paying for the Ghost Rider character real money. It was ten bucks. Mondo paid for not She-Hulk. He started with She-Hulk. Oh, he got Spike Cyclops. And you were able to game the system and use in-game currency to pay to get Squirrel Girl. So you haven't paid a nickel out of this game. Nope. And uh, you know we've now gone past the initial, you know, ten levels. And what's what's your overall impression on this game?
1: Uh, I like it a lot. It brings that same itch that Diablo brought when we used to play that, uh, except with more interesting characters. Because you know, we're, we we want to see these new powers that uh, we collect, and then all these powers are really cool, especially Mondo's character with Cyclops, because he can summon all the X Men. Um, it seems like he's primarily all range, but it's it's you know unique in that aspect with their skills per character but I enjoyed it quite a lot the only thing I have against it is that when there's a ton of characters on screen and a ton of other players using their powers since it's such specially, special effecty with all these powers it, it chugs the frame rate down quite a lot
0: yeah and for me one of my complaints is that ultimately I feel like this whole game is going to be the same which is explore around a bit, fight a boss beat up some enemies and you know, it's not going to get too different beyond that And uh, one other thing I don't like is it doesn't explain to you. You have this Avengers Tower where there's a ton of vendors and they're selling a number of different gear and currencies. And I have no clue what any of it does. It doesn't seem like there's any gear you can buy initially. So it's like how you you have this currency that what do I even spend it on? And then there's like five different forms of currency. It's so confusing. And you're just better off using the loot that drops when you're playing the game.
1: Yeah, it seems uh very deep in its mechanics, but not very well explained. Yeah, it's you could tell like the difference in budget quality from a Blizzard Diablo to uh hundred percent to this, but they pulled out still a very fun and addicting game. Like I still want to continue to play with you guys and level up my Squirrel Girl and get more powers and see what's the end game like. And then from what they do offer in terms of the story, which seems like ten chapters it's pretty lengthy you know for for what it is it's definitely you know i believe you're getting your money's with 10 bucks i haven't put any money i'm definitely getting my money's worth on terms of that and i don't know just this gameplay this hack and slash level up looting thing is just an addicting thing i don't know it worked for diablo it works works for here and then it's better with the license, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, you're right. If if you buy one character, or, or for me, ten bucks, and you go through all the story content, yeah, you're getting your money's worth, hundred percent. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's something to consider. Uh, or you can be like James and buy a character. And uh, I guess it,
1: no one likes this character because I guess they tiered <laughs> uh, pricing wise, to I guess popularity or I don't know the,
0: the map with the pricing though, because I I mean, is Ghost Rider really that popular? And he was very expensive. He's like slightly over ten bucks.
1: I think <laughs> yes the, I'm not yeah maybe maybe because of the show uh, it reintrodu- reintroduced people um, of Ghost Rider back on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah, Spider-Man so. definitely yeah. I can see being an expensive character but like I was able to get Scrooge without having to do any of the other character grinding it was just doing the tutorials and whatever the initial missions to get to level 10 and then she was the cheapest one <laughs> she, yeah. does have the, she doesn't have the most flashiest uh, powers from what I can see that, that that's maybe why a lot of people may not like her um because your ghost rider your, a lot of your moves like fill up the whole screen yeah <laughs> like crazy with just like hellfire <laughs> and uh mondo just like summons all these x-men yeah he's
0: calling in all the x-men it's awesome <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, but yeah i i you know for probably one of the better free to play games that to ever come out yes that i can agree on yeah
0: um all right well we're getting long in the show here but uh, we'll cover a couple of points of uh video game news <clears throat> there was a white PS4 Pro uh, that it was announced as a Destiny 2 uh, bundle. This kind of reminds me of the white Destiny 1 console that came out. and But I was disappointed because it doesn't have any graphics on it. Because for the Taken King, there was another, a second white console, but that had a nice gold graphics on it. And I actually bought that one. Uh, So that's what I have for my PS4, but this is the PS4 Pro. It's the only color variation you can get on a Pro. It does look nice, um, but ultimately I'm going to stick with Xbox in terms of uh, my Destiny 2 purchase. So for now, I'm going to pass on this. Uh, What do you think of the console, James? Is it interesting to you? I like the color. I don't like that you have to get it in a bundle. Fair enough. Eventually, they do release it. Otherwise, but I'm always a fan. And I was gonna say white consoles, but that's not true. I like whatever console color that you can't normally get. Right. right so, opposite. right. So when Xbox 360 was white, I like the Elite because it was black. Right. Just I just like the opposite. I just like it that it's a rare thing. You know.
1: Why didn't you get the S where it was white? That looked pretty cool. Oh,
0: believe me, I wanted to at the time, but uh, you didn't um, need it. I didn't need it, exactly, and I'm glad I stuck to my gun because I'll I'll get the 1X. I remember
1: on the 360 that I had to force to get other ones because I would get the Red Ring of Death, so I had to get the next uh, SKU version of the consoles that came out.
0: Uh, Yeah, you're right. The only one that I kind of double-dipped on was... uh by by choice i should say was when the slim xbox 360 came out so my black uh elite was working just fine mm-hmm. but i ended up having to go for it because i really wanted that slim it was a much better console at the time i feel you yeah okay and uh next up here is a uh, a new character was being released for overwatch and man when overwatch news breaks this game's so popular it's all over the Twitter. And this is one called it's a good uh, game, bro. uh not for me. <laughs> this one's called Doomfist, and it's basically, yo, if you've ever played Samurai Showdown 2, that guy with the big old armor fist. <laughs> yeah, that's the same like, guy. Just like a... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh what do you think about this character? Did you see the trailer on this one, James?
1: I did. I everyone was anticipating this character for quite a while because they've hinted at this character in its lore. Uh, For a very long time, Overwatch does its lore in-game in a very smart way where it's kind of like easter eggs in a specific level and then the fans kind of decode them and find that out however i don't know how they do it there's crazy mega fans out there but this person was uh finally re- uh, released it was supposed to be with terry cruz because harry cruz wanted to be this character so much i'm a little disappointed that it's not i'm not sure what happened maybe they couldn't agree or he didn't have time to do it but he looks interesting he looks more of a me- uh, melee character i'm not into melee I'm more of a support uh, i mean with mercy who all she does is heal and lucio which heals and buffs um, but he's not a very much strong guy. So it doesn't really apply to me, but I'm curious to know what his counter is um, and go from there.
0: Okay. And that's available now, actually, and they're all free. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, next up, Shadow of War is going to be able to import the data from uh, Shadow of Mordor. And it's not like you were making decisions in that game, but it is going to get like your data on who was your biggest rival in that game. This is the... Uh, Lord of the Rings inspired game, and uh, what else is it gonna get?
1: Uh, I think it, it, since those characters aren't dead and those rivals, they will those enemies will appear in the new game. So you have ability to get revenge on them, or uh, they'll be after you in the game. That game was really interesting with its nemesis system, where <laughs> you can be in a battle and then another lieutenant will come up and just like talk trash to you. <laughs> and start attacking you too and it'll be kind of funny to see some of those guys return because uh, you know you never had a chance to do it in the prior game but yeah it, it's a cool little feature to have i wouldn't say it's a uh, essential but um you know if you're a fan of the game i would definitely do it and then since the game is so cheap on that sale it was only four bucks for the game of the year edition i imagine a lot of people are going to be able to do that now man i really wanted to like shadow of mordor it was right up my alley I, like the
0: story seemed interesting at the time, that sort of system of these enemies coming back to haunt you was very original, but it just was too hard for me, and it didn't have any difficulty settings. And I just, I'd go into a place and I'd get mobbed by ten people, or when I'm about to kill somebody, one of the other guys that had beef with me would <laughs> chime <laughs>
1: in, and <laughs> hey then man, just, it's coming for you, man. that's, yeah. that's
0: why they have beef. <laughs> and it's just like I couldn't, I couldn't do it. So I, I had to tap out on that game.
1: Well, good news for you is that if you're still looking to come back into it, the second game has a difficulty selection, so you can put on easy.
0: Okay, I might consider it then.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, last up is Tekken Bowl. Uh James, did you watch this trailer? I did. Do you ever
1: remember? I think it was uh, Tekken one of the
0: three. Was it? Tekken no, 3? three
1: was the Streets of Rage mode, but I think it may have oh. been the original Tekken Tag. But oh, they're okay. bringing uh, that bowling aspect, uh, bowling minigame back into it as a as a free dlc so those are always fun you know what's funny about them they put a lot of work into that bowling game and it's like a legit bowling game just happens to be tekken characters you remember with the Hayatchi pins i and everything? did like that i did yeah. like that game. Yeah. So yeah. it's a cool little addition it's, it's fun that they're bringing that back i w- would rather have them brought the i, I don't remember what it was called tekken force or whatever it was where it was like streets of rage um but this is you know at least a fun thing that they're bringing back and bringing uh just to the old school what, games here and there.
0: Yeah, so that's going to be in addition to Tekken 7. It's a free uh, downloadable content. And that's going to do it for this week. Uh, this weekend, uh, James, Mondo, and I, we're all going to look at the uh, EVO 2017. This is the fighting game tournament in Las Vegas, Nevada. We're going to go out there, hang out, have some drinks, and uh, take a look at the finals and the schedules all over the map. So we'll see which games we can go to. Um, and uh, it's gonna be a lot of fun so we might uh talk about that and i know we want to see a uh, planet of the apes and so we'll get to it eventually so stay tuned for a review on that either this next week or the one after that maybe we can catch it over
1: there if we have time you
0: know what man i i really thought about that
1: <laughs> yeah so we can uh let's, let's definitely do that then if we have and we'll report on that next week so for james and i have a good night take it easy